There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I can hear you clearly. Can you hear me clearly? Yeah, you're sounding great. So good evening, TC. Good evening, Gabby. And welcome all to part 85 of our weekly podcast, The Current View, then and now with the Idle of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. How's things? It's absolutely bladdering it down here in Birmingham tonight, sir. Well, we're going to get a, a, an heat wave. Someone said, telling me again, it's going to start tomorrow. It's not too bad here in, in, in Gainsborough. Um, but other than that, not too bad, obviously. Uh, running up and down all day. I'm detecting Janet to hospitals backwards and forwards yesterday and today. So, but other than that, not too bad. Yeah, and what we have to say is, uh, as we're opening up this podcast, rest in peace, the bomber. Uh, we lost uh, one of the greatest goal scorers of our generation, um, Gerd Muller, last week. Yeah, um, obviously, sad news, you know, at that age, we all get, when we get to their age, we never, we never know how long it's, uh, we're going to last ourselves, do we? But um, mm. great footballer, uh, great to watch him, and uh, a credit to, not only to Germany, but to himself and everyone else within his family. So one of the best of all times was uh, the bomber. Absolutely, an amazing amount of goals he scored, TC, uh, and also not just for uh, for for Bayern, but uh, for West Germany as well, because it was West Germany in the end days. Sixty-eight yeah. goals in sixty-two international games and a World Cup winner as well. The lad won absolutely everything, and you could argue that he was one of those players that really put Germany back on the map. When you take that into context for the pictures he played on, yeah, and I'm not going to knock, I'm not trying to knock Messi and Ronaldo. Mm. I mean, their their goal scoring record is phenomenal. Yeah. But there were none of there were none of this uh, blatant fouling like like there is today. Yeah. Um, when you look what he did, you know, what is it? Sixty eight in sixty two games or sixty two in sixty eight games? Sixty eight goals in sixty two games. Yeah. Incredible, isn't it? Phenomenal. Absolutely. And won the World you, Cup. You, you, you know, if you didn't see it, you uh, you wouldn't believe it, would you? Unbelievable. And he was he was that kind of player. He'd just stick his backside in your turn, you and he'd score that that typical, almost trademark Gerd Muller goal, like the goal that he scored in the World Cup final that won West Germany the World Cup it's, in '74. It's, it's funny because when you when you say that about sticking his backside in, yeah, because of people like him. What was, you know, what would he, five foot eight, five foot ten? I would say about that, yeah, yeah. Uh, And he would stick his backside into defenders. You could see that. Um, He went the over quickest, but that was the best way for him to. And so what we do, we always seem to copy someone or or, or some country, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, And so our coaching, when I got into coaching, they were always teaching you that to get your backside into, you know, push them away and hold them off and all that type of thing. But uh, he was a one-off. And um, when you look at that record, you know, I mean, I like Jimmy Greaves. Totally different, but yeah, both similar with the goal-scoring records. 
Absolutely. I think both scored about 700 goals, which is quite <laughs> incredible. You know, when you look it at is it, when you go blat- it, is, it is when you get blatant the kick like there you go. Absolutely. And as you say, TC, on those pitches as well, you know, there was yeah. there were so many hurdles that you had to overcome as a forward in those days. And he overcome every hurdle that was presented in front of him. Sadly, the final hurdle he fell on, uh, which was Alzheimer's, and he hadn't been well for some time. So love and best wishes to all the Muller family and to everybody yeah. in Germany. You have lost a legend, and it is a very, very sad time. I think that I think they do know that, but uh, yeah. I think football in, in in general has lost a legend. Absolutely, and a true and a true legend is is when you can call someone legend. I mean, he is a true legend. Absolutely, too. So, magic moments. What have you sourced for us this week? Oh, what have I sourced? It's been loads in there. There was that many. I'm I'm going to go with the Man United game, but there's that many clips from everything. I mean, Pogba Pogba has played three balls through, yeah. which, you know. When he when he does that on a on a regular basis, you can see why they're paying eighty eight million or ninety million pounds for yep. him. There were f- f- five good goals in the game. I mean, the Man United, uh, the uh, Leeds United goal by Ailing was absolutely sublime. But the goals and the and the ball, the th- uh, the three balls that Pogba put through, I'm going to go with uh, Pogba. Uh, and not not the goals, but the the, the quality of the passing, um, in that first game for Manchester United, if he if he's going to perform like that, consistently, you know, Man, make no mistake, Man United is going to be challenging for uh, the um, Premier League title this season. It's going to be a really tough season because Liverpool set off quite well. I mean, I mean that's another incredible thing. We uh, Salah, he has scored. In each opening games since he's come into the Premier League, yeah. Ronnie Allen scored in twenty consecutive seasons on the first game of the season, <laughs> starting at Port Vale. And this is my gripe with the modern age of football and talk sport. I've, I've just finished with it today. I get sick of the hundred, the centurions of the Premier League. He scored hundred plus goals, and he's a Premier League legend. Football started in 1888, I posted, and um, Colin Abbott, my Aston Villa uh, friend, who's a, an historian and has wrote many books on Villa, he says, Gabby, I must disagree with you there. We were started in 1874, Aston Villa. And I said, I know you did, and you actually formed the first league in 1888, and that's where I'm coming from. It started in the 1800s, not in 1992. You're 100% right, but I'm one of these... I mean, the the Premier League excited me and, and they yeah. fell off a little bit because of what, what was happening. Um, but we have got some great players in the Premier League today. But, don't I mean, they're not going to talk about yesteryear when, you know, the football's happening now. But we, we should never forget it. I mean, as soon as some managers go into certain football clubs, they take down photographs of the mm. manager, what was successful. I would... I would dress that up. I'd want the, I want the fans, and I'd want to Im, uh, emulate uh, the brain clubs of this world, the Jurgen Klopp's, the uh, Pep Guardiola's, all these Pavers, Bill Shankly's, Don Revis at Leeds. I'd want to, uh, all the fans and all the players today, never to forget the success. But we want to, if I was a manager at those clubs, I'd want to carry on. 
you know, and try and, and emulate all them all them managers and, 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 and give as much history to the football club because you can't be history uh, when you're looking at anything as long as it's true history and you can see and you have seen it and it's been written right, then I like to see any every type of uh, types of, of different types of football from whenever back then to up to date now because uh, some yeah. of it now is I, I find it fascinating and brilliant. Yeah, again, I do. But let's not forget the history. What annoys me, and I don't want to talk about the the kneeling, but I posted up uh, Saturday because we were away at Western and I've just come off the beach. And all I hear, or not all I hear, but a lot of what I hear from talk sport is, you fans, you shouldn't boo. You must educate yourself. And I just posted up. We don't need to educate ourselves on racial issues. You need to educate yourselves on the history of football because where you're talking about history of humanity, you actually forget history of football. So by definition, you're hypocrites. So I just turn you off because you're right, TC. You should be looking at the modern game because it's happening now, but never forget what happened before the inspirations of yesteryear. It's a little bit like music. You turn on the music, the radio stations. I want to hear modern music. I haven't got a problem. I also want to listen to the Beatles and the Jam and the Kinks and, you know, people that made great music of yesteryear. So never forget where you've come from. But football does forget where it comes from. It forgets their former heroes. And it's as though Sky, the Premier League, and talk sport are trying to eradicate all those players from the history books and rewrite it from 1992, and it's wrong well, in my book. Well, Gabby, as long as you, people like me, yep, ignore them because yep. what they are, if you look, wherever it, where, we, it's footballers. So I really don't want to go into the politics side. No, absolutely, but when when this pandemic or so-called pandemic. Uh, came in what did they turn around and say there's going to be a new new yeah if they wanted to stop racism in football they could stop it tomorrow but there's that many cameras in the ground yeah, of course and they that camera they can zoom it in to a gabby or to a terry curran or to whoever he is mm. who is uh, who has been a racist to a football player or to a uh, a person you know there's more to it there's more to this than meets the eye absolutely you know, i would so never so. have kneeled i would what am I? I no, would I never have kneeled if I were playing today. Yeah. And I, the reason why I'm saying that is this: I've done something wrong, so I'm not kneeling if somebody else has done something wrong. Yeah, that's not my problem. Yeah, but you're right, 100% right. You know, all they wanted to talk about is, this, and they turned around and said, "There's going to be a new new." Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens in in in, in the next ten years. Can we have our new old big changes? Yeah. Can we have our new old big changes? Yeah, I think there's going to be big changes, but not to, not to what they were thinking. Absolutely, TC. My magic moments, and I've got to say, I've picked up two this year, uh, this week. And you're absolutely right about Pogba, because as we were driving down, I'm getting off at some traffic in Bristol. Sat in Bristol on that motorway for about an hour, and as we're you know travelling, then Ailing scored that goal. We're we're outside a barn, a glorious sunshine. It's like being in Spain, being on the front there in Western. My missus has gone. Do you know what the score was? Manchester United. And by definition of her saying, do you know what that score was? I knew it was a shock. I'm going, Lee's ain't done them 3-1, have they? She says, no. 
the United 5-1. I said, blimey. And then I looked at my text that had come through. Tom's gone, Pogba's on fire. So I absolutely hear where you're coming from with Pogba. And he was on fire for most of, of that Euro tournament as well. But my magic moments are two from um, Seattle Sounders. Historic win, 6-2 or 2-6, because it was in Oregon. It was against Portland Timbers. And blimey, did them Seattle boys and girls build a bonfire that night. There was... Uh, Raul Rui Diaz, his free kick, if you get chance, and I've put that on the current view, I've put it on on all our socials, he hits a free kick, and I've watched it a dozen times, TC, I still don't know how he hits it, he just absolutely smack, he levers it, it, it just, it's like an exocet going straight into that top corner. As it's the back of the net, it's still rising. And an even better goal was uh, Jimmy Madrana, Madranda rather. His volley from a corner was just sublime. I know Jacket won against Derby a few seasons back and it was fantastic. A left, a left corner and eat it with his right foot this come the other way right hit it with his left foot i'll tell you what what an absolute banging goal by jimmy madranda when you when you catch when you catch a ball right and oh. when you see the you know i mean left footers seem to caress the ball when they're playing it don't yeah, they yeah, choke they when they're crossing and what have you but when a right footer hits it right it goes like 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 you say like a rocket yeah you know with rockets take off um i mean I watched Seattle Sounders last night. They won one nil. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and it was a, absolutely a brilliant finish. You know, you remember the one of the goals when I were at Forest Robbo would just bent one in. Yeah, it come in from the left hand side. It was nice. It was both both footed. Uh, yeah. uh, Robbo, and and he just bent it in last night. And I thought, what a great goal that is. You know, you do see some absolutely gems. You know, in all in all our four divisions, don't you? Absolutely, and while we're talking MLS, um, their next game, Seattle Sounders' next game, is uh, Columbus Crew away. I don't know what that game's about because they're on the eastern side as Seattle are on the western side, but they did play in the MLS Cup final last year with Columbus ran out winners. And their next league game, Seattle Sounders, is against Portland Timbers. That is the biggest rivalry uh, set in 1974, the year that Seattle were born, born in 1974. And what I love as well with uh, Brian Schmetzer, who, happy birthday, by the way, Brian had a, a birthday the other day. He gets in the locker room and he gets, uh, Nico, Nico, jingle bells. And they're smashing on that, jingle bells, jingle bells. And it's absolutely fantastic. And they are sitting top of the uh, the Western uh, Conference in uh, the MLS. 20 games they've played, 39 points. Sporting Kansas City, 2038. LA Galaxy, 2035. Colorado, who uh, Anthony used to manage, 1834. Red, uh, Real Salt Lake, 1927. And that's not the year, by the way. That's their games and points tally. And Minnesota, 1927, also are the top six. So they're looking good for the uh, Supporters' Shield this year again. Our Seattle Sounders, and uh, fantastic. Like I said, I watched them last night. Yeah. They played some decent football, you know. Yeah. I mean, that, that uh, regards what they say about America, uh, you know, the football is getting better and mm. better. They do try and play football. Yes, they still get the cast-offs. Yeah. You know, 
But it's like anything else. They will produce, and don't be surprised if they don't take over world football because big country, you know, uh, that's where the sponsors and the big uh, TV uh, will put all the money into it. I mean, you yeah, look at American rights, football, yeah, uh, yeah the, the, the American football and the um, baseball, you know, they, they know how to put a show on. Absolutely. They know how to put a show, a show on, but uh, watch this space with America because they will they will take over uh, our national game. Absolutely, and Rui, Rui, Raul Rui Diaz is the player that scored that goal. They're Peruvian central striker, and he's probably my favourite Peruvian player since uh, Kublas. Um, I think he's absolutely fantastic. And you're right, he hit it with his left, and the ball bounced back. And he's just banged it in with his right. It was an absolute worldie. He scores all goals with his head, with his left foot, with his right foot. Tappings, worldies. That kid is an absolute diamond. Raul Rui Diaz. I don't know whether you like um, Simon Jordan. Yeah, he's I do. About what, he's the only uh, one I like on TalkSport. I do. And he's a big critic of Wayne Rooney. You know, Derby was so unlucky against Peterborough. Yeah, Two lapses. Yeah. They've got to sort that out. Yeah. That was another thing I watched last night. I watched Derby County last night. I'm right, I mean, mate. They play some absolutely fantastic football. Yeah. And I mean some fantastic football. Uh, all right. All, is all a good team? I haven't seen enough of them. They didn't look over great last night, but did Derby play really well? Didn't Rooney try and get them to play football? Look at all the uh, problems that he's had to uh, put on his shoulder. I mean, a lot of people criticise him, but I'll tell you what, he's the character what will fetch the best out of players. Mm. And that Robert Morrison last night, you know, we all know how good he is. You can see, you know, you can see how good he is, right? He's as much to blame as anyone else for his problems, but wow, has he got him playing playing well for him? And he's got that Derby County, and I hope Derby stay up. Not because I played for played for him, because of all the pro- problems. It's never a football cl- club's fault for me. It never has been. Mm. It's the people what's running, and whether it's the managers what what the teams are uh, are poor, or whether it's the uh, owners what come in and just want to take money out of it, and and you know make all this. Uh, money from from the game itself, and they keep telling everybody that they put money into it. They put money into it. They put money into it, all right, but they take twice as much back out of it. Yeah. Well, there was that YouTube clip that we um, that I put up on the, the the group the other day. The men who sell football and Derby County were in that um, that video, that documentary, and it's a fantastic watch. It's an unbelievable watch. It's one that but you look at. Noted- Jesus. <laughs> You 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 sent me it. I went and looked at it. Yeah. Watched it. That's unbelievable. And I've not seen nothing yeah, come from 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 our side in this country. It, it's as though they push things under carpet. In fact, I was listening to local radio, BBC Radio WM, and Francie was talking to the fella that made the documentary. Well, one of the the, the, the people that was appearing as a you know a buyer. Uh, of a football club and this middleman was sorting them out and uh, it's the only time I've ever heard any broadcaster talk about it because you're right things like that get swept under the carpet and talk sport won't talk about things like that I think that station has just gone down down and down in fact the only percent. Yeah, the only one, too many young producers that know nothing about football. In fact, I've 
I just had to turn it off again today, but I will turn it on between 10 and 1 to listen to Simon Jordan. I don't like Jim White. I think he's just a doormat. Um, and I don't like Trevor Sinclair. I think he's another doormat. But I do like Simon Jordan. He says it as he sees it. And he's one that he's talking, talking up for the normal football fan because Man. he listens. He might not agree, but he listens yeah. to people. The others don't. They just dismiss you as idiots. Well, listen to the story, not yeah. a story. Absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah. I used to like Jim White. I really did. Mm. But he's telling everybody. He, for me, he's become woke. He's telling everybody yeah, what he they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. Absolutely. Jim White, don't forget, was was the what was was. I mean, he got done for drinking and driving, and he's telling everybody else what they're doing wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, he tells them about should they should apologise and should you do this? Well, does he apologise? Yeah. And I'm not being horrible to Jim White because mm. I used to like him. Yeah. But he's come so woke. I, you know, I do. I, I do listen to it when when Simon Jordan. But sometimes when it gets too uh, political, then I just turn it off. And that's what I, I love about Simon. Simon says no room for politics in football. Take it all away. And and he's yeah. absolutely right. All we want to watch in football is football players trying to score goals, trying to entertain, and politics has no place in football for me. But you know, there you go. 100%, 100%. I don't know if I don't know if you saw the uh, the Daily Mail uh, yesterday, but there was a lovely piece about Alan Hudson in there, written by his good friend Jeff Powell. Um, I sold my cup final medal for five grand when life became so much harder, and Udi uh, recalls his halcyon days on the pitch and his turbulent life off it. So it's an absolutely fantastic read. So guys, if you do get the chance, it is on all of our socials. Uh, about Alan Hudson and the trials and tribulations of one of the great players that, well, we haven't produced him, but he produced himself over the years. Yeah, but 100%. It's it's the play of itself what's got that natural ability. Exactly. But when he's representing our country or when he's representing Chelsea, you know... We look at it. I look at it as both ways. It's 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 this, the country has produced these type of players, and Udi, uh, if it had been allowed to play and express himself, I mean, he will have tried that, but he'd have got sick of arguing, just like I mm-hmm. I did with certain managers. And so you you're trying to conform to how they want you to do it, but you you, you know your your football brain is telling you something uh, different. And, you know, and it's not nice for people like us. It's not nice for people like Stan Bowles. It's not nice for people like uh, uh, Tony Curry. Because people look at it and think, well, if they'd have looked after themselves and listened. They do listen. They just sometimes don't agree with a, with a format of how the manager wants to play or the philosophy. 100% and that was Terry um, Terry Curran. That was Tony Curry's problem with Don Revy. Don Revy didn't see him. Ramsey picked him. I think he was in quite a lot of Ramsey squads and played a number of times for uh, Ramsey, as he did for Ron Greenwood as well. But Revy completely overlooked him. Tony only played one game for England under Don Revy, and that was Switzerland away when we won 2-1. And he said to Tony, you need to work harder because he had a problem. He didn't think Tony Curry worked hard enough. Tony absolutely run his nuts off that night. And it was one of his regrets when I'd done a recent uh, podcast, my 70s podcast with uh, Tony Curry. In fact, as we're talking about Tony Curry, let's go into our book corner in association with myfootballbooks.com because Tony's got a, a book that he's, uh, he's written, his autobiography, his only 
autobiography with uh, with Andy Pack, who's wrote it with him. Um, the Man Behind the Magic, Imperfect Ten. I did uh, engage with um, the company that's that's publishing it, Vertical Editions, and I believe your first book, TC, was published by Vertical Editions. They are a Sheffield company, and I said, I've got to disagree with you. He was the perfect 10, not the imperfect 10, but they said, read the book and you'll understand why it's called that. Well, uh, talking about Tony Curry and his book and Vertical, because yes, they was they were the publishers what did my, my first book. Yeah. But John Brindley, the author of the book, you know, what... Uh, wrote it for me um he told me that he'd been speaking to vertical uh and they couldn't believe that i'd come up with this give me the ball because that's what tony curry was going to call is give me the ball yeah and i think you put a little bit of input to to his title haven't you yeah i'll, I'll give you the title and i said and and your next book is uh, is steady away because whenever I phone you up, you always go, steady away, Gabby. And whenever you played, whether it be for Forest, for Derby, for, for whoever, whatever team, you'd be in the dress, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. And I was listening to a, a podcast um, with Steve Perryman, and um, he was talking about Glenn Oddle. And when he didn't pass the ball to Glenn Oddle on, on one occasion, and Glenn turned round to him and he says, why didn't you pass me the ball? He says, well, Glenn, you've got players on you. And I thought that the better option was was sending it elsewhere. And, and Glenn Arundel says, Steve, just give me the fucking ball. <laughs> so yeah. with all great players, they demand and command the ball. So that's why I thought that's a great talk for you. Give they, me the ball. They will. Th- those players will always want the ball Absolutely. whether they're playing well or not yeah you know they're brave enough this is what makes me laugh when managers look at it and they, you know they say oh we can't trust them you know we're, we want people know. that we, we can trust it, it, it baffles me completely it's baffles incredible me. isn't it it is yeah, incredible because the, them are the players the next, you trust <laughs> the next book i might i might reveal all everything what i've done in football uh and how how everyone uh how, the, how some managers now how clubs have been run I haven't made up my mind yet, but I'm going to do it. But I'm I'm contemplating on doing it. Not yet. It might be a couple of years, but uh, I just don't know. Well, you've got the socials. You've got your podcast as well. So we've got the platforms. Yeah. How is your book? Well, we're gonna we're gonna do a, we're gonna do a a, a podcast, aren't we? About uh, my life. Yeah, we so, are. Yeah. Um, yeah, just might do it with you, Liz. Yeah, the Terry Curran story. So that's uh, that's one of our projects that we're uh, going to be working on. Your book, Give Me the Ball, it looks as though it's been very, very, very well received. And thank you, TC, for sending uh, my copy. Uh, I haven't started reading it yet. When we were away, there was very few days I was actually sober. And now I've come back. I've been working so hard, but I will get my teeth into it. Because as I've said before, if it's anything like your first book, it's an absolute page turner. Because I love that book. And I was I was laughing out loud at reading your stories. And when you met the lady and it walked into that cafe that they used to, and I'm thinking, I hope he really settles down with, with this lady here. I really hope that Terry Curran turns that, you know, where... You seem to be with different girls. You went out birding a lot when you was playing the game. And you think, I really hope he settles down. But now I know you, you're just, 
you are what you are. I am so I'm so laid back. Gavin. I know, yeah, yeah. I so, and I, <laughs> you know, I don't go out and come back getting drunk. No, you never have. Right? You you didn't when but you play football. I just want you know, if I'm with a girl and she wants to go on holiday, yeah, go, go on holiday. I don't mind that, you yeah. know. Uh, I what I can't do is where you, where you going, what are you doing now, what time are you coming back, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going anywhere, you know. And you know, it's like a football manager would say to me. Uh, Right, uh, I just want you to go down the line today. Don't go anywhere else. Just go down the line. I'm thinking to myself, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. You know, we only we only on this world once. Mm. You know, I've never be, be, really been horrible. I've, I've, if I've had affairs and that's horrible, then I'll accept that. We all but have I've done never that. been horrible yeah. to a woman in yeah. my life. Yeah, same. Man. You know, I've always I've always treated them, and they've never had to pay for anything when I've when I've when I've taken them out for meals or yeah. when I've been with them. I've always looked after them. Mm. You know, so. I'm just laid back for but for some unknown reason. Sometimes they jump down my throat, and I think to myself, "Do I need all this?" You know, yeah. because I mean, I can iron, I can cook, uh, I keep the house immaculately clean. So, and it, all that never bothers me cooking, ironing, and cleaning. It's mm. never happened because we had to do it when we were kids. When my mum and dad separated, we all had to we all had to muck it, and we all had to do it. Yeah. But uh, I'm just laid back, and that, mm. that's how I am. You know. Will I ever settle down? I don't know. But my kids take up all me, uh, you know. My dad was a family man, and and I'm a family man in the sense that, you know, my kids are my priority. Mm. But again, reading that book, you actually just fall in love with the character. And I read that before I actually knew you when we started doing podcasts together. So well, we've... in the... Sorry, go on. So no, what, I'm, what I am trying to say in a roundabout fashion is that if you read the book, you'll understand. And then when you've read the one book, you'll read the other book and you'll listen to mm -hmm. Terry Curran because you'll understand that Terry Curran is a fantastic person. Well, Mick, well, well, Mick Pickering, the captain at Sheffield Wednesday at Southampton. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what a good looking lad he was, by the way. Mm -hmm. You know, when we zoom kid, a very good looking lad. And uh, he's done um, a piece in the book itself. Yeah. And he's talking about it. Great to be with Terry because all the all the young birds were always with him, you know. But he was a good-looking lad, yeah. you know. But it's it's, it's funny because people always say that we Alan Ball were the same. And yeah. he said to me, you know, all he just wanted to be when I went to South. He just wanted to be with me because yeah. I like to go out. Yeah. I like to have a laugh, and you know, I don't want to think about all the problems. I mean, if people's got problems, I'll help them. Yeah, of course. You know, so, so when I say, I, you know, I don't. I'm not interested. I'm interested in problems if somebody's hurt and somebody's got no. I'll, you know, I will give them something. I will do. I will help them, you know. But I try not to worry about life it's, itself. Yeah. I live for today. Forget tomorrow. We'll pay that bill tomorrow. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I mean, but that upsets a lot of people. And I don't get it, by the way. I do get that. But everybody's different, aren't they? Yeah, of course they are. You know, it's a short life. Go and live it and go and enjoy it and do what makes you feel good at the time. And like with on a football pitch, you know, you play off the cuff, things happen and you have to react to things that happen. But going back to Tony Curry's book, it is ready for pre-order. It's coming out in October, uh, verticaleditions.com. You can go and purchase it now, $16.99 cheap at half the price. Brilliant. Um, mine's done really well, you yeah. know, because... I mean, John's give 250 to the um, publishers. Yeah. But once they sell them, people only be able to get it from my social site. Yeah. You know, I, I put none in any of the shops, you know, 
Um, I want I, I want us to do it. I want us to see how we, you know, see if we can do it. See how how, how well it does do. And then towards end of it, uh, we will put some into shops. But I want I want us to see how how it's done and for us to have a look at it and think, well, it can be done that. And uh, for what we've for what we spend, and we spent a few quid, uh, me and John, getting yeah. it done, we've rec we've recouped that, and we've got we've gone into profit now. So good. Whatever happens to the book, and obviously I want it to do well. That's why I mean I pay I post more stuff up. I'll be posting more stuff up for people to think. Well, I might want to have a read of that book. I might even want to get his first book and read that. Absolutely. So, you know, you've got to keep yourself in public eye if you're wanting to uh, do something. You know, and I want people. To, I, see, I want people to understand what football was like when I was playing. Yeah. And I understand the importance of it today. But yeah. I'm like you and all. We should never forget what happened yesterday. We should Absolutely. never have happened what two weeks ago. We should never forget what happened when football began, because we're all part of a footballing community. Absolutely. And we should all be sharing, you know, the great things as well as. The bad things what we've all gone through with football. Absolutely, so soon we've got the the socials, we've got the Facebook page and the Facebook group, we've got the Twitter as well, and you've been very very busy on your social media, and I've seen lots of direct messages and personal messages to you about the book, how can I buy the book, and not just from this country but from other countries as well. So it is flying off the shelves. So guys, check it out. Give me the ball. Absolute. Brilliant read from the one, the only, Terry Curran. Um, FA Cup TC, the pre preliminary rounds start on Saturday. In fact, there's a live game on the BBC. It's on the red button. It's on all these, uh, the website, etc. and what have you. It's not on BBC One or BBC Two, but it's on all these different newfangled gizmos that the BBC have got these days and it's Sheffield FC versus Sherwood Colliery that sounds as though that's quite a local derby well, well it could that could be Sheffield and well it's Sheffield, Sherwood, Sheffield yeah. FC well, it's definitely but Sherwood is it is it Nottinghamshire you know um, it's part of Sherwood Forest in Sheffield though I mean I, I don't know my geography it, but it, it, it's this side of the, the Sheffield side of um, it's Columba, Columba Parkway when you go down. I don't know if you know Columba Park. I don't you know. The Columba Park? No. Right. Um, it's down the only one and, you know, um, it's just past Columba Park. So, uh, Sheffield Club, I always look out for them, Alan, because the Sheffield. Mm. Um, I once went with Sheffield Club up to Scotland because they, they have an annual, or they did have an annual uh, summer, t uh, not tournament, but a game pre-season game with uh, Queen's Park. It's Queen's Park, which is the um, oldest Scottish football club, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, yeah. yeah they, 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 when I was playing, they used to go up every every year to go and play up, up in Scotland. And, and then they would come down to uh, to, to England and play. So um, the, the FA Cup has always been a dream of every footballer in this country what wanted to play football. And it's so sad to see it losing its impetus uh, over the years. And it's sparkly, Tad. You know, um, even the even the even the lower clubs now uh, play weakened teams uh, because they concentrate on the league and trying to get promotion. So there seems to be more money in the league uh, finishing positions than there is to win a cup. 
uh, one of the major cups and you know the, the football league cup or whatever you want to call it milk cup carling cup um that's had more that's had more names than i've had clubs yeah <laughs> so uh but i'd like to see i'd like to see the fa cup come back with a because saturday morning uh of friday and saturday uh the day of uh the cup final were brilliant but the build-up to the cup final you know you will be doing all sorts of different things uh throughout the week but it, it all changes i understand that but i'd like to see some things what not change don't change but still have a little bit of uh history about it and how we how, how we how we really uh thought that the fa cup or bigger than the World Cup because it were it, it, to some people at one point, but obviously it's it's losing its uh, its title now and people seem to be, you know, playing weak, weak cups and at least uh, weak teams, and uh, there's less and less fans going to these type of games now unless you get much, until you get to the quarterfinals and semi-finals. Absolutely, TC, and the FA Cup is such a special cup it's the oldest cup in the world and it is full of magic and there's so much magic in the FA Cup, they actually give it a lid to keep all that magic within it. And there's a magical book that uh, Book Corner, Andy from Book Corner, has recommended for Book Corner this week. Stoko, Sunderland and 73, the story of the greatest FA Cup shock of all time by Lance Hardy. And he's absolutely correct. I remember as a young boy watching that game, I still... Um, can't believe that Cherry's header or Lorimer's shot didn't go in. And I know that Gordon Banks always gets, and, and, and rightly so, for the greatest save ever. But that save from Jim Pelly. Montgomery, yeah, from Pella. But that save from Jim Montgomery, I so think it. you, I think when, it's when, an equal. When you when you when you mentioned it, mm. it came into my head. You know, how Leeds didn't win that. The save that he did from yeah. from well from Cherry eating the bar and Lorimer hitting the rebound at the keeper mm. and the funny thing about that you know is i i set off to go sign for halifax yeah georgia muller was signing for, uh, what manager of halifax i was going to sign for them and i changed my mind and i went back to doncaster uh, halifax had offered me a, a contract where doncaster wanted me to have another game and i decided to have another game at doncaster that game was against sunderland right the week before the cup final. Blimey. And I played against Guthrie, what played in the final. Yeah. Is it Chris Guthrie? Yeah, it's, I left think back. it is Chris Guthrie. Yeah, I think it is Chris Guthrie. He played, he was a left back. i never forget it. We get up on, on our bus, not the great, not the greatest coach we went up on from Doncaster, because obviously that didn't have much money. We get there, there's thousands of fans queuing up to get tickets for the final. Yeah. And they've always had good support for the reserves that did Sunderland. Oh, great club. Right? Yeah. I gave that Guthrie a right chasing. Yeah. After that game, Mommy set us come in and he said, in front of everybody, he said, uh, we're going to offer you a two-year contract. You have just given him a chasing, back, the left back, Guthrie. He's going to be playing in the cup final on 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 the uh, on the Saturday, I think it was a Tuesday or the Wednesday when we played them, and he, I think he played the uh, biggest part of the game, and then he played in the final, you know. But it's funny because that I, I never forget the cup final, but to me it's a bit more special because that's when I signed 
Yeah. After that game against Sunderland, um, and anybody can look back up, uh, look back at it, uh, look, uh, look it up. We did play them that week, and Gruffey, Gruffey did play. So that it always stays, it always stays in my uh, memories of, of footballers. That. What a fantastic story, and what a fantastic achievement. Sunderland, second division, Sunderland beating arguably the greatest team in the world at that time, the great Leeds United. Yes. I mean, on top of that, uh, they had the, 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 it wasn't the final, obviously, but the absolutely nightmare against Colchester. Can you remember that one? I was a little bit young to remember because that was the 1970-71 season, wasn't it? Uh, but yeah. I do, I've looked back uh, at that game many times. Um, Adrian Webster, who I've done again, another My 70s um, podcast with, who went on to captain Seattle Sounders in the early days. He, he was at Colchester at that time, but had moved to pastures new and lots of his friends were still playing in that game and he, he has fond memories of that time and I, I believe um who was the the, the fella that, that scored the goals Craw- um Ray Crawford I think he scored a brace oh. that day didn't he for uh, Colchester and Sprague had a that's nightmare right. Mm. that's right um I mean little Colchester beating Leeds because Leeds what was an unbelievable team. Whether you liked them, whether Absolutely. you wanted to call them dirty leads, they were a fantastic footballing mm. team to watch. I mean, if they, if you wanted to mix, if you wanted to mix, they would mix it with you. If you wanted to play football, they were as good as anyone. Yeah. You know. Um, but no, uh, little things like that have happened to me. I was stuck in my head with a guffy thing, and then obviously that that thing believes that when they got knocked out by Colchester, because that was the that was the thing about the FA Cup, wasn't it? The yeah. giant killing, Absolutely. you know, some great teams, yeah. Arsenal getting beat at uh, Wrexham, you know, all the, you don't see that now, do you? I don't think you see it as much because I think you're right, TC. The magic and the gloss has been taken off that FA Cup, so it's not a it's not what it used to be, and I think. The fact that we have so many live games on TV back in those days, you know, you'd you'd wait up for match of the day because you'd see all of the games, pretty much all the goals of the FA Cup. You couldn't wait for match of the day, could you? No, absolutely. Because the well, normal match, no, the normal match of the day. I mean, I used to have to go to bed when Dick Emery was on, and then me, me mum and me dad had called me down because my sister. My younger sister, we both have to go to bed. I'd wait for her to go to sleep and she wouldn't get a bleeding sleep. And the old man would come up and then I'd go down and have a sip of his lager and a bit of steak and match of the day would come on. But FA Cup was even more special because you had all the goals from all the games. You just used to have three games on match of the day. But in them days, it wasn't like today. It's not. It's not. A, it wasn't a mouthpiece for the Premier League. You'd have first division, second division and third division games on. It was yeah. the match of well, the day. When when you when I when I look at that, uh, I mean you were about Dick Emery. I'm, obviously, I remember Dick Emery. Yeah. Um, I can remember Raw Ride where um, Clint Eastwood won in it. Right. Right. Uh, and we used to sit at top of the stairs, me and our David. Yeah. And uh, we we chat to my mum. Can we come down to watch Raw Ride and match a day? And my mum, get back in bed, you two little bleeders. <laughs> you know. But I never forget. You never forget it. You know no, you those don't. things. Will, because you know, uh, but we're only young then. 
but we were still absolutely passionate about football, me and our David, unbelievable. It, not just us, there's plenty of people throughout the world but do the same thing. Absolutely. Special days. And let's hope that that, that, that unique... That unique magic can return to the FA Cup because it has lost its flavour and, and hopefully it can get it back. And the final book in Book Corner uh, this week, TC, is a book that we have mentioned before, is The the Day Italian Football Died, Torino and the Tragedy of Supergar, uh, written by Alexandra Manor and Mike Gibbs. It's uh, at just after 5pm on the 4th of May 1949, a Fiat aircraft carrying 31 people, among them the Torino football squad, crashed into a 2,200 foot high peak called Supergar on the outskirts of Turin. El Grande Torino, as they were known, had won previous three Serie A titles and had almost clinched the fourth when the aircraft disappeared from the sullen skies over their home city. So that is the story of the El Grande Torino, um, a team that I've... We talked know... about this last week, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, in fact, actually, I've just turned over here and there's a lawless genius and idol of Torino and it says Dennis Law. Because Dennis played for Torino and sadly Dennis has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and vascular right. dementia. I was watching his debut the other day on, on YouTube. Manchester City played away again at Leeds United in 1960. And it's a team that I don't know an awful lot about. But Well, they, they, they were the big team in, in Italy. Oh, they were at the, at the time they of the, the Supergar. And like we said last week when we spoke yeah. about it. They never recovered from it. No, Man they United didn't. became yeah. bigger. Yeah. Be- became bigger for it. Yeah. Because of it, I should say. You know. Um, so it was a sad time for, 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 for Torino. Uh, because, you know, they haven't been spoke of uh, with any um, passionate, like Juventus and UAC Milan, mm-hmm. because they've never uh, been successful. But they were the bee's knees when that, when that, before that plane went down. Oh, absolutely. And one of the chaps who is the talisman, Valentino Mazzola, who was the pin-up boy and uh, and the captain of El Grande. So it looks a fantastic read and one of these books that I will get my teeth into one of those days. But you're absolutely spot on. One of the greatest teams ever to play football. And I think against Hungary, 10 outfield players represented Italy from El Grande Torino. Uh, time vault in conjunction with football masters at magazine.com. I've put Francis Lee in there this week, TC. Uh, a, yes, cent- a centurion, about, not a Premier League centurion, but a proper centurion at the Football League. Scored over a 100 play. goals for uh, for Manchester City in the top flight. Scored goals in 1959 to 67. He went to Bolton Wanderers. Part of that time, they got relegated in 64, did Bolton Wanderers. 189 games, 92 goals for Bolton. Saw him transferred to Manchester City, 67 to 74. 249 goals, uh, sorry, 249 games, 112 goals. These are all league, by the way, not cup. And then in 74, he transferred to Derby County and had two seasons there. 62 games. 
24 goals. And there's a lovely piece about Francis in the latest uh, issue of Backpass magazine. And uh, the title is Web of Intrigue. And it's a, it is a fantastic uh, piece from Will Price. And it, it's when he signed for Derby County and Mackay and Webb were, uh, were in in a, a restaurant with uh, with Francis and he got a call from Tommy Doherty. He was very close to crossing the city and going to play for Manchester United. And Webb had seen this before with players that had got away. And he says, look, Dave, we've, we've got to nail him down and he's going to sign. So if you don't sign now, he's going to go and sign for United. So we said, look, we're in the... Uh, the UEFA Cup, we got all these teams that were playing next year, Francis. If you'd like to sign on this dotted line here, because it's deadline day tomorrow, <laughs> and Francis, like, sold, you know, he he, he took it all in and he, and he signed. And then a few weeks later, he said, did you get your dates mixed up, Stuart? He said, no, 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 Francis. <laughs> he knew well, exactly I mean, what he was doing. That's another thing what sticks out in my in my head. Um Funnily, Norman Hunter fighting on the on, on the football. Absolutely, field. yeah. I've never seen that. I've never seen. I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. You know, but Francis, you know, uh, became a a multimillionaire because yeah. When he was playing for Manchester City, he started doing the toilet paper. Yeah. You know, when he finished training, he went round and doing what he needed to do, and he built up a massive, massive company and sold out for a, a lot of money, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he also put his money into Manchester City, didn't he? Yeah. Because he was... Yes, um, he put his, yeah. yeah, he was joined... I think he, he was joined down at one time. Yes, he was. He put it... But it didn't... It, again, the thing is, when you become a football... Uh, owner of a football club, make sure that you get a right manager what can bring you success. Absolutely. Because you know as well as I do... You know as well as I do... You're only as good as your last game, and if you don't get it right, everybody will be on to you. 100%. Everybody from 100%. the press, from the from the uh, fans, from the directors. So you have it, this. It is a pressure job. No mistake on it. But when it's good, it's a great life for a manager. Absolutely. But there's only so many can be. There's only be so. There can be only so many be successful. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's probably a problem. And scored 10 goals for England in 27 international games, including World Cup games in 1970. Played in that game that England got beat 1-0 by Brazil and that wonderful save from Gordon Banks. So, yeah, great magazine. I absolutely love Backpass. It's one of my favourite magazines. The Retro Football Magazine. And on the uh, the front of uh, this latest issue, 75, Summertime 21. £5.70, by the way, but I subscribe to them all. Johnny on the spot. Fulham 1945 to 70, the great Johnny Haynes. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic read. But uh, Fabio Cavallio, um, bringing it up to modern times. I watched that fella for uh, Fulham the other night. Jesus, he looked a player. They beat Millwall 2 1. Yeah, um, They've set off quite well. They, they they could have had first three wins. And I mean, I thought they battered uh, Middlesbrough. Yeah. I thought they battered Middlesbrough, and uh, Middlesbrough got a, a decent goal in one sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it finished up a draw, but they've had two great results since. Um, they'll be challenging. Will uh, Fulham? But they've got some good football. They've got some good footballers, and uh, I like the way out of the play. I do like the way out of the play. 
match of the day. We did reference match of the day earlier, but it's another um, feature on the podcast. Spurs versus Manchester City um, was match of the day last week. This week, it's Arsenal versus Chelsea. And that game always brings me back to the 70s. They had some great battles, them two London giants. But first, uh, Spurs-Man City, what was your take on the game? It was Jack's uh, Premier League debut for Manchester City. Well, it it didn't pull... When I say he didn't pull a full-strong team out, it sounds silly when you say that, because when you look at the team... They're all great players what we're playing. Yeah. I thought first half there could have there could have been two or three nil up. Yes, easily. The second half they didn't turn up for me. No, they didn't know. But Tottenham but Tottenham played quite well. Yeah, they did. You know, so um and I, what I will say is this is and I'm, again, would I sign Abby Kane if I got the money to sign? Of course I would. Yeah. Make no mistake on it. But they looked sharp up front. You know, it, it were into into quick movement uh, from the front three. They look really, really dangerous. Yeah. Whereas they play a different way when Harry Kane. You know, it's more like a get hold it up, fetch people in, link people in that way. Mm. But uh, last week, I, I thought I, second half they were they were better team by far for me. Second half, and you know how I like Guardiola in, in Manchester City. I thought Jack had, had done reasonably reasonably well, but uh, once they get the team out, uh, he'll shine even more, will Jack. Yeah, absolutely. I, was, I thought Jack had a decent debut. I thought he was man of the match for me. And that's not just a bias. I thought Tottenham uh, was superb. I thought uh, Bergwijn had a great game. Uh, Lucas Moura, the pace Moura, of Tottenham and Moura Son. Looked, absolutely yeah, yeah. dangerous all yeah. the time, didn't he? Yeah, I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed Tottenham. And Song. And Song. Song Scott. I mean, that was another thing. Song's yeah. goal was a class, you know, a great goal. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Again, so... great pace up front. And... Um, Will he go? Will he stay? Who knows? But um, when, you, when you're looking at them three that Tottenham have got up front, if they do lose Harry Kane, they don't look as though they're going to lose that much quality. And certainly they will gain a little bit of pace because <laughs> them two boys that play either side of Son, and Son's no slouch. Son's um, pretty quick himself. But um, Arsenal versus Chelsea. I remember Ruddy telling me about a game January 1970 and it was Peter Maranello's a home debut for Arsenal and the uh, the press the, the the occasion was everything was spot on for Marinello. He'd previously he'd made his debut the week before at Old Trafford and they got beat two uh, one to Manchester United and got absolutely shooed by Chelsea three nil at, uh, at Highbury on his home debut. I mean, he came down as a wonder kid. Didn't he did, he? yeah. Came down as a wonder kid. It, for some unknown reason, it, it didn't uh, click for him. Did he go to Portsmouth from Arsenal? He did play Portsmouth uh, after after the Gunners. Yeah, he, he didn't play. We'll put him into uh, the time vault next week, so we'll talk more at length about his career. But um, yeah. I think he was only at Arsenal for about a season, wasn't he? As he come yeah, with such no they played, they, played a, they played a few quid for him. Yeah, they did. He was yeah. going to be the new golden boy. Yeah, he was. Know. He was the new but George he, Best, wasn't he? What did uh, Alan think of him? Well, it, it, it was it was one of them games. I absolutely smashed him. Um, yeah, I think Al said he was, you know, decent, you know, decent player, come with a reputation, but didn't really cut it at Arsenal. But Arsenal, his yeah. memories of that day was just the amount of press that was there, and you know, it, it was like it was like a party, and and Chelsea absolutely ruined it. Well, the, the, the 
piddled on the parade, to be quite truthful. But in in the latest issue of When Saturday Comes, another fabulous magazine. I like to read the magazines or browse through them as much as I do with the football books. There's a focus on George Graham, who, of course, Stroller played for both Chelsea and for Arsenal, amongst other yeah. clubs. Well, again, he, he did absolutely brilliant when he became a manager. Yeah. But I couldn't watch George Graham teams play. I really couldn't. You know, they were too negative. And it, look, it's not how you win. It, it's getting results. And, and I'll praise anybody because when you win trophies, that's the main thing for any fan, for any football club. Mm. And I get it. But they weren't my cup of tea. I bet Alan, I bet Alan Hudson didn't like playing in Arsenal's team you know, when they were playing a defensive uh, format. Did he play under Graham or, or was it uh, Terry Neal? No, unfortunately, it was Terry Neal for Allen and he, he didn't get on. He's, he's probably his least popular manager. We'd done a Ask Goody um, podcast and somebody asked Allen if Terry Neal wasn't manager, would he have still stayed on at Arsenal? And another in his... his humorous way he said well if Teddy Neal was a manager I wouldn't have been there in the first place but he, he would have stayed and he loved Arsenal mm-hmm. and um, the the history the, the marble halls and, fabulous, and everything else great club loved it but just didn't just didn't get on with uh, with Terry Neal who was the uh, who was the manager Time, I think, TC is running out, almost. Yep. Um, strange but true inside 442 magazine uh, last month. Brighton are the only club to have won the Charity Shield without ever winning the league or the FA Cup. They were invited to take part as Southern League champions in 1910 and they beat Aston Villa at Stamford Bridge 1-0. Well, that's something I've learned because I didn't know that. Every day is um... a school day, isn't it? Not half. It is when it is with you because you know you like an anorak with football, and it's great because not just not just me. There'd be plenty more people wouldn't have known that. There'd be plenty of people what did, by the way. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's nice that uh, it gets brought out, and then it because it, it'll come up in a in a quiz somewhere along the line. Now we know the answer, but if it ever comes up, absolutely. And people say, "How did you know that?" And I go, "I like to be an anorak. I won't say that I learned it from Gabby." <laughs> Well, the football forecast, I'm not very good at forecasting football, TC. In fact, I don't think I got one right last week. I had an absolute mare of a time, as I did so I with be, my accumulator. It's 1-1. One, one. It's 1-1, one, one, so I won the first one. You've won the second, so it's all square. So, first up this week, it's your old uh, team, Everton, going to Ellen Road. How do you see that game? Um, I'm not Benitez fan as you know I'm not mm. I'm going to go 2-1 Everton right okay so an away win for Everton I'm going to go 2-1 Leeds I think Leeds will uh, bounce back from that awful first game at uh, Old Trafford and beat Everton 2-1 Derby versus Borough could be interesting well I'm going to go for Derby I've been very impressed with the football and the job he is doing at Derby. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't need me to be, uh, to, to praise him, doesn't Wayne Rooney. What I've seen of him, he looks absolute brilliant. I think he will go to the top, this guy. I hope he does. What score are you going for, TC? Derby to beat Borough, what score? 2-1 again. 
2-1. I'm going for a 1-1. I think Warnock's going to get something. One of the youngest managers against one of the oldest managers. Derby versus Borough. Sheffield United versus Forest. Now, I watched United play at the Hawthorns uh, last night. I thought they were absolutely woeful. And uh, Ramsdale leaving is going to be a big minus because the goalkeeper that's replaced him doesn't look very good, especially for long throws. Yeah, well, Forest are not playing particularly well. United's had a nightmare start. Absolutely. So I'm going to go for an exciting nil-nil. Do you know what? I've just written that down myself, nil-nil. I think both teams <laughs> are stinking the place out at the moment. Uh, Rotherham versus Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday have had a decent start and that could go on and win that league. Portsmouth at the moment are top, but uh, Wednesday are going to be biting their heels. I thought we were going to have a, a nightmare seasoning and, you know, players not getting uh, paid wages and I thought we've, we'll finish up with points deducted, uh, with point deduction. Uh, but what I will say is this. Um, it's put a very decent team together. Yep. And they're going to be challenging. I've been impressed with them uh, because it's not an easy league to get out of. As, as you know, as Sunderland, no one is Ipswich. Yeah. I mean, Ipswich has had a bad start. So... I think Wednesday uh, will get will gain promotion this this season because they're playing some decent football. He's got to play together as a unit, but on top of that, uh, they get a vast amount of spectators going to games, which is is always a plus when you when you go away from home. Massive club. Sometimes it can sometimes it can be an advantage mm. because it lifts the opposition away from home and they play a more defensive form uh, for uh, format of playing. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Sheffield Wednesday. Do you know what? I've already put 2-0 down myself. I think Sheffield Wednesday will wipe the floor with uh, Rotherham. Doncaster versus Portsmouth. 3-0 Portsmouth. Yeah, Doncaster started off terrible. I can't disagree with that. I'm going to go 4-0 Pompey. You see, I like Richie Wellens. I think he'll do well, but his last club, Salford, People with interfering, yep. Donny, have, have, have got some problems. You know, uh, they've had to let good players go, and they've had to put free transfers in and everything else. So I think it's going to be difficult for Doncaster. I hope it's not, because it's it's, it's always got it's always have a soft spot in my heart. Well, Doncaster Rovers, it gave me my first break in football. Yeah, you know, great old club and, and women, Doncaster Bells, when I used to do the PA for... Yeah, um, they were the best team around. Yeah, when I used to do the PA for Birmingham City Ladies, the uh, the chairman of Doncaster said, Gabby, if ever you want to come and do the PA up here at Doncaster, you're more than welcome. So I, I did like Doncaster and uh, we went up there a few times. So um, I'd like to see them as a football club do well. And finally, Saints versus Manchester United. Well... Again, it's a club I want to win. United look absolutely... What did I say to you about a year and a half ago? Yeah, Maybe good, good forwards, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. These are going to be... They're going to be a force. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is going to be a 4 nil for me. Yeah, I've gone... Uh, I'm guessing United 4-0. They, 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 they look sublime, don't they? And, and yeah. Southampton have lost one or two players. Um I hope it. I hope they don't have a bad season because again, great football club, and not only that, it's a fantastic place to to, to live. Yeah, and, and and you're right. They have lost players. Uh, Ward Prowse. Uh, I think they've put a, a 
price on his head of 50 million for Villa. And I think if they do lose Ward Prowse, I think it could be curtains for Saints. I hope not, because again, like yourself, you know, they're a, a lovely football club and, you know, one that you used way, to watch on match of the day. I didn't realise it was. was say, say his name for me, Gabby. Who's that? The kid who was going to go to Aston Villa. What price? Five year Yes. Has he? I thought he. I thought he'd gone to to, to Villa, but the Antis he signed a new five year contract for 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 Southampton. Oh well, fair play to him and good luck to Saints. As I say, keeping yeah. your best players and building your team around your uh, your local talent is the way forward. So, uh, so best of luck to uh, all at Southampton, a wonderful football club and fine memories of 1976 when they put United to the sword. I don't think they're going to do that this week. But uh, if United wear that grey kit, who knows, TC, what who could knows? happen? <laughs> So I don't think they'll be wearing that again. No, I don't think they will. TC, thanks for your time. Love to you and yours. Good luck to the young man, Jock, uh, with his uh, with his football this season. And thank you all for listening. Yeah, thank you all for listening. It's great that you keep supporting us. Love to you and your Mrs. Gabby. And I love doing these shows with you because it's so relaxed uh, to do them. And I really enjoy them. And thank you, personally. I really want to thank you. Absolutely. Good luck, everybody. Good luck to Birmingham. Good luck to my club, Sheffield Wednesday. And I hope all, each and every one of you, they all can't, they all can't, but each and every one of you, your teams are successful. Some's going to fail. Absolutely. So till next time, tell out of it. Good night. Good night. Tell out, mate. Bye bye. Bye bye.